Jake, uh, welcome to the to the rundown. This is our uh, you know our experiment with it. You know, we decided to do it a little bit differently. Um, we wanted to add the cameras, kind of ha you know have a tablet where you could draw on it. And I was like, well, who better to to come try it over here? At our first you know first place is with you. You know, we we're just running some with the, with a neighbor guy. You know, just got we got the neighbor over to heal a few and you know break down a few runs with us. So thanks for coming on. We also got Dustin who kind of chime in, which is really nice to have another healer's perspective. So. Jake, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a long trip over here, but I made it. So yeah, yeah, you could almost ride your horse over here to to this arena. But that, that sorrow might need that. He might <laughs> calm down a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, to to kind of dive into these these runs that this is from a practice session today, so everything's pretty fresh. And when we kind of had we have enough steers here where we wanted to to get into it. Um, I thought this would be a great spot for some lower numbered guys. This is some slower steers that we have. You know, I know your horse has been going pretty fast, full contact. So, you know, kind of take me through these couple runs and if, uh, you know, kind of what you think as far as what you see and, and how a, you know, you would like to, to see guys maybe ride position or what, you know, what you like or maybe see in here that you'd like to, to work on, you know, moving forward. Okay. Well, I did start off, um, you know, my main objective today was to let my horse chill out. And this horse is, he really, he does a pretty good job, but he wants to just kind of run to a spot and stop. And it, like on that particular run right there, like that steer wants to get just a little bit heavy. <clears throat> he, uh, he gets to the spot really well, but then he kind of is overrunning. And if you don't take that throw, then that's where you'll see me have to kick forward. So like right here through the corner, you know, you can see him really wanting to climb and hustle and get to that spot. Um, and then, by him wanting to take that throw away, that's what made me kick him back up because I'm wanting him to just get in there and stay with the steer is is my main objective. I don't want him to to just get to the spot and throw his head up and stop. So mainly on all these steers that we started on, um, you know, I was mainly focused on him. And then later in the day, I kind of got to open for myself. But, you know, right here, he needs to rate off. As, as this corner starts, you can really, like you can see this horse gap in his mouth and really just pushing through the bridle. And I want him to be able to to calm down and read that cow. So if you'll pause it right here. So I'm, you know, where I'm up here, his head's probably right here about shoulder high. And that puts the feet essentially even with my stirrup. And so that's pretty much an impossible spot to heal that steer from at, at a high level uh, with any kind of consistency. So, you know, ideally I would want his head to be, you know, more back here, maybe where the ribs are. And that would put the feet in a good spot for me. But uh, let me see here. Let me delete that. And then what this has caused is he's run into a spot to where he can't have any more forward momentum because it's basically I've put a wall in front of him with the steer. So now I'm having to try to throttle him back. You as a header, you're having to try to drag that steer out from underneath me. So it's harder on your horse. It's harder on the momentum. And so then when you go forward right here, so now you see him lose all his momentum. I have to kick him back up. And he's in a good spot here. I don't mind where he's at. I mean, he's maybe a shade tight, but I don't mind where he ended up right there. So what I'm trying to do throughout this run, and the first several were like this, is I, I want this horse to, to throttle off and actually read the cow and learn where I want to be. Right now, he's just running into a real tight spot, throwing his head up and stopping. He's not giving me many options as far as, um, being able to relax and, and stay with the steer and maybe take two or three hops. If, if I'm just in a catch situation, you know, and I, and I get in a bad spot, maybe I want to take two more swings. Well, 
he's making me have to kick back up. And then if you don't do a good job as a header of recognizing that and keeping the momentum of the steer, then that's when you get those real fouled up runs. Right. And I think the other thing too is this is potentially, I think it's one of the biggest issues that healers run into is when that, and they've got to pull and use your left hand a lot in the turn, your upper body, like where you can see how much your upper body changes. And I think that's where they, a lot of legs and everything happen because that that's, you're just really out of time with your horse. So you almost have to wait and swing till like right there. And now like you're more in a, a better spot to, to mm-hmm. deliver your rope and your horse, like that's when he gets back on the cow and kind of gets in a better spot. But I think is that that's a problem with a, a lot of healers might have when they, they miss time the turn and get in there too early and pull their upper body and everything comes back as well. Right. Yeah. And I think, so a lot of things you can look at. So like, you know, right here, you can see for sure how long my reins are. That's, I was doing that for a reason of trying to stay out of the horse's way a little bit more and allowing him to work on his own just a little bit more. Um, but by me doing that, it really does take a lot of the control I could have. If I had my reins quite a bit shorter, then I could manipulate his front end quite a bit more and, and my speed. Um, so mainly when I'm you know, training or when I'm just wanting to work on my horse, I'll ride a little bit longer reins and kind of let them try to make more decisions on their own to where I can't get in their way as much. But if I'm going to go to a roping or a rodeo and like on this particular horse, I'll snug up them range just a little bit to where like, you know, it's a little more immediate contact, I guess. So like when my hand moves just a little bit, I've already got a hold of him. I don't have to pull it. You can really see uh, right when I'm throwing, I've got my, you know, I've got my hand pulled almost all the way back to my armpit, trying to stop my horse and trying to actually get leverage on the reins. And so like, right here right there so like i've pulled all the way back to my armpit and honestly in a a way i need a little bit more pull right there but i'm out of room i've went as far as i can possibly go and and i don't quite have him enough if i'd have had my range shorter you know instead of having to be pulled all the way back here i would have had him you know maybe right back here i would have already went ahead and had a hold of him so that's something that that guys when your reins are too long and you go to pull the only way to get more leverage is to to bring your shoulders back and bring everything back away from the saddle. And so that's one thing that you can really pay attention to, you know, is maybe rein length. Explain to me how we, we got a heavy steer right here. And then we also have another trotter that we can, we could get to, but your rope, how it works to, uh, you know, your theory, as far as what your angles need to be so that you can rope steers that are really getting down in the ground, not opening up where you like it to place. Cause I think we've got a really good camera angle here with some slow motion to kind of, to kind of show that. Well, honestly, I'm a believer that the loop works the same. I don't think there's any, you know, great big difference just because the steer is going to get heavier trot or anything like that. But I do think the one commonality that it does have to have is your tips got to be pointed down. So if a steer is real lively and got a lot of action to him, you can kind of get away with a flatter swing. But right here, you can see where my tip's pointed down to my target the whole time once I get back up on my horse here. Um, and so that's what's going to allow my loop to come on through there. Now, if I were to try to throw, you know, like you can see where I sat down to ride uh, the stride before this, my tip is going to be real. So if you'll back up just a little bit more. So where I'm riding right here, go back or go forward just a little bit to where the tip's right over the, okay, right there. So you can see how high this tip is. Um, 
up here. So the tip's way up here, and ideally you want it to be pointed more down at this angle. Okay. But by me, when I have to ride my horse forward, and you're talking about body position and everything else, so anytime we have to pull or anytime our shoulders are going back away from our target, naturally our tip's going to get higher. It's just the physics of everything. So when I get set back, when I get stood back forward over my horse like I should be, if you'll go forward right here, you'll see my tip instead of it being way up there high, instead of it being way up there, stop. See, now it's, a, now it's pointed back down towards my target. And so then that's what's going to allow me to get the bottom strand down and through the feet. And it doesn't necessarily matter if the steer's dragging or trotting or anything else. As long as I'm in time and I'm taking my rope all the way to the leg, the loop's going to work the same. I don't have to throw it harder. I don't have to do anything magical with it. And I think that's the biggest misconception is guys try to change things when the steer gets heavier. They try to maybe throw it harder because they think, man, I got I to gotta force it through a smaller window. Well, there's still plenty of room to get your, you know, this steer has still got a real big window right there for me to get my, my rope all the way through there. That's still a plenty big enough hop, even though he's not clearing the ground a lot. So if I throw the exact same loop and be patient with it, you're not going to be able to, you know, to just set it down and fire it right back up with your slack. You're going to have to set it down there, give the steer a split second for him to get into it. But ultimately, it's the same mechanics and it's the same function of the loop, regardless what the steer is doing. And do you think too, like, I, I know obviously this was due to the the corner kind of being a little bit fouled up, but the the positioning where everything's just a little bit more out in front of you, like you kind of had to wait for that steer to get out away from you a little bit more and create some separation. And I think that's really advanced. Like this was a really advanced shot. Like you made it look pretty easy, but I think that's also something too, right? Is having that steer out there just a little bit further in front of you allows you to get that angle of your rope steeper, right? And then you can also create that separation. So you're, you're not so lapped up, um, going into your, you know, into your delivery, right? Yeah. I think, um, you know, distance for the most part is your friend as a healer. So anytime that we get close, that's when you start talking about, you know, you say it's a higher level shot is because everything's up underneath my stirrup. So then I have to manipulate my angle a little bit more. I have to make myself swing it steeper down. And naturally, like you said, if you get close, people want to raise their shoulders back away from their target. They, it raises their tip and it makes it where it's harder to get their bottom strand down on the ground. So if you could, you know, honestly, where the steer is right now is about as close as you really want to get at any point in the run. So it's easier to actually have your, you know, when your tip's coming over, it's going to be about, you know, about in the middle of his back is about... Uh, you know, your tip would end up being right here when you're swinging it and it'd be easier to have it, you know, at a downward angle. But if you're too close, well, now your swings all the way up here by his shoulders and your, your body and everything's telling you, man, I need to get away. I'm too close, but you have to, you know, over repetition and running a ton of steers. I know that you got to keep your tip down, keep your body forward, even though you're a little bit in an uncomfortable position. Well, yeah. And even look where your hand is at right now. You really like, you, you, I mean, that is, that's a steer that's really close to you. And it, and I think that's just something for healers to start taking notes on is it, the more advanced you get with your healing, the more you can go at the end of your arm or close to you and still heal them by two feet. Right. But if you're wanting to catch a high percentage of steers, it really comes down to that position you're in. I, I think you want to be like no closer than that, or maybe even just a touch back. So everything kind of is a little more natural to get into your, you know, where your arm finishes in your delivery. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously if you can keep yourself from being trapped and, and feeling claustrophobic, that's going to be the easiest healing that you can do. But there's also something to be said for, you know, when you're roping your sawhorse or to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions, because, you know, just like this deer right here, like, yeah, my horse could have listened better. I could have done some things better, but you're not going to react perfectly to every situation. So there might be, you know, this might be a high callback steer where, man, I, I really need to get this steer caught by two feet and I don't have time to put myself in the p- perfect position because maybe I've gotten a messed up go. So you've got to be able to set your loop down in some weird angles sometimes. So, you know, roping the machine, roping the sawhorse, putting yourself in weird, uncomfortable positions, you know, and practicing those things to where when you get on the steer, it can be muscle memory on how to catch the steer's feet even though they're too close or too far to the right or whatever the situation might be. Perfect. Dustin, uh, you, I know you got a question maybe about some healing position right here. Yeah, Jake, talk to us about on a steer that drags or isn't quite getting away from you as much as a fast hopping steer like this steer is right here. Do you change your horse position according to if the steer's sitting on the end of the rope a little bit more rather than trying to get away from you any? I know the right here through the turn it was not exactly how you wanted it to but when you get to ready to throw right there is that something that you change up as you go or do you kind of just stay the same normal position that you'd ride if he was trying to get away from you a little more i think for the most part it's the same i think you're hoping that you recognize you know you can recognize the steer through the the corner as he starts to slow up his head comes up you know he's telling me signs that he's not going to get away from me hopefully you have enough control of your horse and you and you read the play soon enough to you don't ever want to drastically change your speed i I think that's the one thing that guys will panic and they just they'll almost pull their horse to a stop well then now i've got to kick back forward so you know the one thing that yeah i don't want to be that close to the steer but at least i always kept forward momentum for the most part right there and so that's that really is the ultimate thing. By me keeping four momentum, I keep timing with the steer. I make it easier for you to pull the steer and, and keep the timing of the run the same. If I panic and realize, man, I'm too early and I just stop my horse, well, now I lose all my momentum. You as a header are like, man, I don't know what to do. Do I wait on him? Do I keep pulling the steer? So there's all those different things for you to think of. And then a lot of times you feel like you're leaving me. So your natural reaction is to be, I'm going to slow up. Well, then... I've lost all my momentum. Now my reaction is I got to get going. So about the time I get going, you're slowing up. And so we end up in the same exact position because we're, we're kind of counteracting each other and we're both trying to help, but I'm zigging, you're zagging and it kind of can get in a weird spot. So I think ideally you want to be able to slow your horse down almost like you've got a Jake brake on. Like you want to, you know, you want to slow him down a mile or two per hour but you don't want to just slam on the brake. You want to just kind of let off the gas to where it, it kind of feathers down a little bit. Um, but again, you know, you're not going to always make the right play or like this particular horse isn't quite comfortable with me and I'm not comfortable with him. So, you know, our signals aren't completely synced up yet. Where if, if I'm on my good horse, he's going to react to my cues a little bit more correctly for what I want him to do. So, you know, it goes back to you've got to be able to react to the situation you're in, not necessarily the situation you want to be in. So this is a there are kind of this big steer, and really, what I, all I wanted to kind of cover on this run was healing the trotter. You know, like when the steer starts breaking down, 
to to that trot you know you you're we've kind of talked about that how you like your loop and everything to stay the same but can you talk to me about where it kind of places and and how it kind of works on this uh on this run uh yeah so you know it kind of goes back to the same thing we talked on the dragger so there's nothing drastically different with the loop that i'm doing my my tips pointed down to my target I'm going to take my rope all the way to the right leg. You're going to have to be more patient because you're going to have to allow the steer to get into it. And I'm the thing I watch for when I'm when I'm timing a trotter is I'm more watching the right leg than anything. So if you'll see, if I get this this pencil here, um, can you go like real slow? So the back, you know, that right leg is back and it's traveling forward is when I'm setting my loop down, and that's what's going to that's what's going to allow me to catch both both feet. If I'm timing the left leg, as the left leg's back, the right leg's forward. So if I'm trying to throw off this left leg, I'm going to end up hitting the right leg with my tip. So when you're roping a trotter, you're actually timing the right leg. And, and then you're roping it as if it's hopping. Okay. So the biggest thing here, the parts of the loop are working the exact same. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing magical about the loop at all. I've taken it, I've had my tip at my target, taken it all the way to the right leg. The only difference is I've got to be a little more patient. I've got to actually see the feet get into the loop a little bit more here. And like I said, when you're roping steers that are fresh or maybe they got a real a lot of action, as soon as your loop hits, the steer's basically in it. So you can be a little bit quick with your slack. But you'll see me right there, like right when I place it down, there's just a little bit of a of a pause, a hesitation to make sure that the feet get in into the loop. Yeah, and the other thing, Helan, um, sometimes we can deliver our rope too hard to the ground and, and make it bounce when it mm -hmm. hits the ground or make it bounce off the, the leg or something like that. So that that is something like if there's not a lot of, I mean, obviously the trot and there's not a lot of momentum. So being soft and really being able to to place your rope, that would make sense that, you know, it would, it's going to stay a little bit more. It's not going to travel and you, you can kind of finesse it on there a little bit more. Well, yeah. And like you said, you're not going to which to me, I'm a big fan of the phrase, you know, I'm, I place my heel loop. I don't throw my rope at the feet because if you're throwing your rope, you're creating momentum. You're, you're adding velocity to it. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to heel a trotter, especially, or, or even a dragger, if I'm doing anything, I'm probably decelerating on the loop a little bit. I'm going to take just a little bit of heat off of, you know, maybe I've got a little bit momentum built up with my swing, but then when I go to deliver it, I'm actually going to take a tiny bit off of it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to increase the speed. If anything, I'm going to take some of the speed off. Um, you know, if you get steers that are real active, the only time that you're going to, that you should ever catch yourself adding speed is if maybe you're a little bit out of whack and you need to kind of stuff it in a tight window. But steers like this, any kind of them steers that you're going to see in the lower numbered opens from the seven to the 11, you know, you're liable to see some steers that trot, some steers that are heavy, kind of just dead acting steers. Patience is your friend, you know, be impatient with your loop, be impatient with your delivery, you know, kind of enjoy the, the process of the delivery and then see both feet get into it. Right. All right. So obviously on this horse, you know, he's, he's new to you and you haven't, um, kind of talk to me about the sorrel horse. What, what is, how many steers you ran on him? How long you had him? I've had him probably two weeks and, and I've roped a fair amount on him. I mean, I've taken him to Northside three times and I've been to probably three or four jackpots now. So it's not that I don't know him, but we're still kind of learning each other. And like I said, his, 
his weakness is he wants to just run to the spot and stop. I'm aggressive enough that that kind of works when we're in competition because I'm going to throw anyway and I can kind of get around it. But for him to be a long-term solution for me um, and a horse that I can trust in big money situations, I need him to read the cow and, and to be able to stay with the cow longer. If I want to take an extra swing, if something hits funny, I need him to react to the cow and stay in the right spot and not just, you know, cut me out or, or limit my options. So that's mainly what I'm working on. What I need to learn where, where I'm going to learn him better is by just throwing him the reins. So like on this run, me and you were talking about it and I said, you know, I might run completely by the cow or, or run over him, but I'm not going to touch the reins once I leave the box. And the funny thing is by me doing that, this horse actually didn't overrun the corner. He looked at the cow and he kept his spacing better than when I was trying to help him. And I think that's the biggest thing that it, it really shows how much we're in their way a lot. And by me pulling on this horse, you know, if you'll, if you want to go slow through the corner, this horse never raises his head, never gets too high or gets too elevated. And that was a big issue that I had on that steer that drug a minute ago. So you can tell, like, you know, obviously I've got my hand way down on his neck, and that's just, that's the best way that I can go. I'm just going to have my hand on your neck the whole time. I'm not going to touch you at all. And and it's okay on this run to be like, hey, if he runs plumb by him, doesn't turn in, that's fine. But he turns in, he does a good spot, and you can see how his head stays down low, and he's he's engaged and looking at the cow the entire time. Now, he's, he's a little snug through there still. He's kind of wanting to stay away a little too much, a little kind of slow footed through there, but that's a way better problem than the overrunning that I was having. And if I can continue to show my confidence in him, you know, this is me showing him that I'm going to trust you. And so as much as they need to trust us that whatever cues I'm giving you, I'm not, I'm not trying to mess you up. I'm not trying to do anything wrong. Well, me giving him the reins is telling him I'm going to let you steer the ship a little bit. I'm going to trust you to make the right read, to do the right thing. And the more trust that we build in each other, now when I get to the roping, I don't have to focus on, and what's this steer, what's this horse going to do? Am I going to have to read every situation correct? When you get to a spot where you have to make a fast run, I don't have time to think my way through every run. But if I can just throw him the reins and focus on healing, then my job gets 10 times easier. Yeah, I think that's a, a big thing with chemistry and, and just kind of learning how... Um how your horses are going to read, read different steers. Right. And, and I think that's what also allows it like little things like that. You want to know that this horse isn't going to dictate where you throw your rope, even though you, you know, you're a healer that naturally wants to throw fast and be aggressive. It's just like right here, if this is a, a steer that maybe you're way ahead of the rope and a need to just go catch or something, you, you know, that your horse will go do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, I think that's something with a lot of, a lot of guys could really learn from this is making sure that they, they can do it without starting a fight or just kind of knowing where your horse is at, right? Well, I think it's, you know, like I said, this horse didn't feel like a horse I could do this on. You know, my full expectation is I'm going to get in a horrible spot. I'm hoping just not to run over the steer and hurt myself, you know. But by me throwing him the reins, it's like, man, let's just see what you do. We're in the practice pen. What's the worst that can happen? He runs by the cow or he doesn't see him. Or, I mean, we come back and we run another one. It's not that big a deal. So the practice pen is where you need to try things like this. And, and that's where your confidence gets built up. I think guys are afraid to, you know, you feel like you're wasting a run or, you know, you, especially as healers, it's like every time we get a chance to throw a rope, it's like, 
not want to throw my rope. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I, I think it's really important to sometimes sacrifice a run here and there to try different things, to try certain things on your horse. And, you know, sometimes they'll surprise you. Like he, you know, like he really did surprise me right there. I didn't think it'd go that well. So talking about practicing, Jake, are you a guy that, do you worry about a miss or a, you know, a bad run in the, in the practice pen? Or is it something that like, I mean, Hey, we're practicing. It's okay to miss. It's okay to do that. As long as we're obviously not missing more than we're catching, but is it something that you let affect you? I mean, you wrote for a living, you wrote great, obviously, but is it something that you let affect you throughout a practice session or do you just kind of slough it off? Like, Hey, I address the problem and move on. I think as long as you're not doing the same thing over and over, if you're, if you're making the same mistake, if you're missing certain steers the same way, um, you know, we're all human. I mean, I can do everything perfectly through a run and then just throw a bad loop. Like, I mean, none of us are immune to that. So misses and mistakes are going to happen. I think the biggest thing is to, to be able to evaluate, to know why you made the mistake. And so, you know, if it's something that I need to fix in my swing or my position or whatever it is, to be able to diagnose it immediately and know what the issue is and, and to be able to fix it. Now, if I'm making the same mistake over and over or if I feel like it's a mental mistake, then, yeah, sometimes I'll get a little more upset with myself. But, you know, I think I think the grand scheme of it is, man, if you don't miss every once in a while, you might not be trying hard enough in a way. Like, you might not be working on enough correct things. So, Especially, not not as much as a healer, um, you know, because our goes don't really change that often as far as what we need to work on. But I, I think heading, especially, it's a big thing. I know headers get to where they want to turn every steer, but in the practice pen, if you're turning every single steer, you're, you're probably not taking enough chances. You're not putting yourself in enough difficult positions um, by maybe seeing the steer out a little bit harder, by trying to maybe reach a little bit further. There's going to be steers that you do miss, and that, but that's the only way that you're going to get better. I mean, you can't, you can't be a reacher and be running to the hip your whole life. I mean, at some point you have to reach and try to take chances. So um, I, I don't think missing in the practice spin is necessarily a bad thing. I think as long as you can diagnose the problem and know what you're doing. I like that. And, and I think the honest, being honest with yourself too is, is really important. Um, I think that's just a, kind of a, being able to realistically look at what's going on because that's the best way to to start getting over these. Um, so right here, you know, this is kind of our first few runs as you get on your good run and I'm on my bay horse, which I think is my best one. And to me, this is like kind of a perfect setup on a steer that like, I feel like this is a lot of guys will run this steer at a World Series rope. And, you know, you've got a steer that he pushes on, kind of will step a little bit right. It seems like a lot of the World Series got that long heel box and they kind of get in your way so talk to me about this um and, you know your positioning on it and kind of how you felt about this run because i think it's a i wouldn't say you're really really aggressive healing him i think you just set it up mm -hmm. perfectly right yeah um kind of the same thing i was really just kind of roping to let my horse relax and uh pushing through the corner make sure that he wouldn't dictate my throw uh so right there you'll see me kind of where i would naturally take a quicker throw than that um, you know, I kind of just sat down and let him finish the corner and, and push one more stride through there. Um, but as far as your position, you know, it's kind of the same thing we talked about, um, a little bit earlier when you get pinched over there and things get just a little bit tighter. Anytime the steer is going to the right, the corner is going to be slower. Um, because as the header, you've got to change his angle from going to the right 
to bringing his head all the way back around to the left. And so it's just going to take a little bit extra time right there. So as a healer, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, being patient. Patience is probably the biggest virtue as being a healer, I think. It's knowing, you know, you got to be able to trust your head or trust your horse to know that you're not going to get left. But if if we keep forward momentum and we keep our patience and the header does a semi-good job, then 90% of the time we're going to get in a good spot. And if the header does such a bad job that they end up outrunning you, then I think you have to realistically look at it and go, I, I can't try to react for the bad situation. So as a header, you need to score for a better end of the steers. You can't score for the runner every time because then you're going to mess up on the slow ones. So healing's the same way. If I'm trying to ride a corner for a header that's going to run off with the steer, you know, let's say that we're at a maybe at a draw pot roping or something, or you're roping with four or five guys that you don't know. Well, there might be a guy that goes too fast. I mean, there's some guys that, that just do. But if I'm trying to ride every corner, every steer for the guy that goes too fast, well, then I'm going to mess up for the three or four that do a good job for me. I'm going to run over the cow. I'm going to get in bad spots. I'm going to rope legs. So you have to be prepared to read for the, the correct response. And if the steer happens to go too fast, then you have to just try to react accordingly to that. And you'll get by it 90% of the time. But if a steer is going to the right, you got to know that the corner is going to take longer because of the angle changes and everything else. <clears throat> so you're going to ride further into the, you know, you can kind of, yeah, I got the pencil here. If you'll go just, can you go real slow right here? Okay, so like you get it stuck on him and you can tell that I'm going to keep going down the arena. Now I am maybe a little bit higher. Like I, you know, my horse's head's up here about mid rib up on the steer. I would prefer for his nose to be more back here. So I've allowed, I've allowed myself to be too high on the cow. So that automatically puts me at a disadvantage to the cow. Because if this steer were to do anything drastic, I'm going to lose the advantage that I have over him. If I'm back here with my horse's head, at the at the hip or the tail high then i've always got forward momentum the steer can't get away from me so right here i've automatically got to be more patient because i'm up higher in a spot and i'm tighter so the corner is going to take longer and now i've eliminated my advantage of having um, a buffer by either having distance you know width or back I've, I've taken away all of my room for error so as you go forward right here I have to keep going. I have to keep riding. I'm just now going to let my horse turn in. I kept pushing the whole way. And if you would, you know, I don't, we started the corner was back here. Like that's, you headed the steer back here. We don't turn till back here until up here. So this whole, this whole spot right here, I've got to stay basically in a straight line. I've got to keep pushing down the arena because if I were to anticipate and think, Okay, he headed him, you know, he headed him back here. I'm just going to start to turn in. Well, now my horse's head would be pointed at the steer's shoulder in the corner. And then eventually when everything does turn off, I'm going to end up being turned in. Like my horse's body would be more here and the steer's way over here. So now I'm completely in trouble of healing the cow by two feet in any kind of timely manner. So by me pushing down and, and staying in the right spot, now I can still heal this steer second third hop if I want to 
And so that's the biggest thing to me that guys will make a mistake. They'll they'll feel like, man, I gotta I gotta cheat the corner. Well, you got to think of it if you're driving down a highway. If you turn a little bit too early into a curve, the rest of the time you're trying to fight to the center of the lane. Is if you and if you were to just drive straight a little bit further before you turn your wheel, then you can just hold it there and it stays with the road. And healing's the same way. So you've got to you've got to ride into the corner. You've got to drive into the corner just a little bit longer. And it's going to feel really uncomfortable if you're a guy that wants to get to the inside. If you're a guy that wants to cheat the corner, it's going to feel very, very uncomfortable the first few times you do it. But the more you do it and the more you trust it, you'll see that your shots are coming a lot faster. It almost has a feel, Jake, of where like right before you let your horse in, it kind of feels like you might step by. Is that a little bit mm-hmm. like to a guy that's never felt that before? Yeah. That's experiencing this for the first time. It's going to almost feel like – oh, no, I'm going to run by, past the corner until it's too late, and then then you get to the inside. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the biggest thing is playing with it. So you're, you're not going to have that sensation as much when the steer's pushing to the right and, and they got you pin, pinched off in the fence. But if the steer's out in the middle of the arena and you've kind of got normal normal width and normal spacing, you you will feel like I'm out here too long. But I think for guys that are wanting to try it and wanting to get better at it, You've got, it's just like me throwing the reins down on that other horse. You've got to experiment in the practice pen and go, you know, man, I'm going to wait until, I'm going to wait till his ribs come around the corner before I let my horse go. And if you miss the corner on two or three, okay, maybe that's, that's too long. I'm going to, as soon as his shoulders come around, I'm going to, that's when I'll start my entry. And that's how you're going to figure out, because every horse is different. Like I can't get on a very unathletic horse and expect them to do what my roan's going to do or what Colonel used to do. I can't chase the steer to the very end of the corner. You know, it takes a really athletic course for that. So, you know, it, it's not a one-size-fits-all as far as the position. And you've got to learn the horse's strengths and the horse's tendencies to mess up. So in the practice pen, you've got to play with things, and some of them aren't going to work. You are going to step by. You are going to get in too early. But by playing with those different things, then you can figure out, what that horse's strengths are. And then when you go to the open, you already know, man, I can, I can wait this long and then I'll start my entry and then I'll be in a perfect spot. All right. Well, we're going to go to this run here because I think this one is, um, this steer kind of forces us into a full contact run. This steer is pretty big, you know, strong. Take me through this as far as what does it, what has to go into this run to, to set this one up? Um, so well, what do you think Scott? Uh, Cause I think you're like, what do you think about your horse, your rope, you know, your, uh, and, and kind of that, that shot to, to make this happen? Well, it's the same thing. So, you know, to, to get a shot on a steer like this, again, he's pushing to the right, which, you know, in the practice pen, probably 90% of your steers are going to push to the right and they should push to the right because if not, you're going to wreck your practice herd. So, um, you know, Again, this steer is really pushing to the right. It's going to make the corner happen a little bit slower, so I'm having to be patient. I, I tried to step it up just a little bit more because we, you know, I spent the time trying to make sure my horses were working good. Well, then it hit a spot in the practice pen where I'm up at Fort Worth tomorrow night. So I need to feel like I'm confident and I'm ahead of the steer and I'm ready to, to heal one fast at the rodeo if I need to. So this was a good steer to try it on. We knew he was going to be fast. We knew he was going to be a challenge. So if you go back to this angle, you'll see if you'll back it up a little bit. Do you want this angle right here? Yeah. 
So I've seen, you know, a decent little jackpot start or a rodeo start. I mean, and, and again, if you'll pause it right there. So I am higher than I was planning on getting, you know, again, I, I really don't like to get much higher than that. I, seeing these angles are good for me. And, and, and this is where videos good. If you can get somebody to practice your, or to video your practices, because if you'd have asked me during the run, I don't feel like my horse's head is up here near the steer's shoulder going down the arena, but clearly it is because we're sitting here looking at it. So a lot of times what we perceive during a run, good or bad, is sometimes not the correct thing. There's been steers that maybe I feel like I've done a bad job on, then you watch a video back and you're like, man, that's a pretty good job, and, and vice versa. There's been steers where you're like, man, I did a great job, or pulled something off and you're like, ah, wasn't, you know, wasn't that hard or whatever. So, um, by me being up here high, it does help me get around to create a faster shot. But the problem with getting up higher is again, it limits your decision. It limits your options. Now where I'm going to be aggressive on this steer pretty much regardless, because I'm working on a rodeo throw, it's not as big a deal if you let yourself get a little too high, but if you're, let's say you're at a three head rodeo you know if you're at dodge city or something and you're in the first round well yeah you're wanting to be aggressive because it is a rodeo but it's also an average so if this steer were to take a bad hop or do something funny i don't want to necessarily be um, locked into having to throw fast so that's where i would want to ride my position more down with my horse's head around hip high tail high so by me being up here it does make it easier if you'll if you'll go uh if you'll go slow right here it does make it easier for me to go around him. Like I don't have to stay as patient. Okay. Pause it. Now back to the same thing, actually back it up just a little bit. That same thing we were talking about earlier. Okay. So the steers right there when he ends up turning, now go all the way back. Uh, further back. Yeah. Further back. Okay. So, if we'll look, like the marking deal wasn't going to work as much as I thought. So, but if you'll stop and look, so you've already got the steer's head bent, and you can kind of see where this, you know, post is in the background right here. So every post is going to be ten feet, you know, on the fence, right? Oh yeah, I set those posts are exactly ten feet. Well, I, I guarantee it, ten <laughs> feet. No, I, I know inch. on the dot. On yeah. the dot. <laughs> so the biggest thing that people don't realize is how far the steer travels down the arena before they actually turn. Okay. So if you'll go really, really slow. Now, you've already got the steer's head bent. It's not even that the head rope's on. So you're, that's 10 feet. That's probably, okay, it's about 20 feet exactly before he actually ends the turn. So as a healer, from the time you bent the steer's head and the shoulders come around and the ribs come around and the hips come around, this steer has traveled 20 feet down the arena. So if right when you bend the head, if I go to rein in my horse in, and my horse actually listens and doesn't, let's say he doesn't want to follow the cow at all. And he just strictly listens to our cue. If that horse turned exactly when I told him to turn, this deer is going to be 20 feet to the right of me by the time I'm trying to heal him. Because by the time you actually get him turned, right? So when I talk about patience, that's the biggest thing that guys don't understand. They don't understand that like how long it takes for the head rope has to, the steer's head has to start to come around. Then his shoulders start to come around then his ribs, then his hips hit out, and then you've got to pull him forward. A lot of things are happening, you know, it, it's it's a lot longer time than what guys think. They get in a hurry in their mind, 
but we just showed that that sear traveled 20 feet. So I've got to stay in a straight line and keep pushing down the arena because the steer is not going to just automatically turn right when you get his head. He's going to keep traveling forward. Right. And I'm going to just show this run one more time because I know for sure this is this is probably my, one of my strongest steers that I have in the practice pen. And I usually get outrun by him. Or, But I don't feel like I can do anything more to make him move faster. I, I think I take his head and move him as quickly and as efficiently as I can. I, I honestly, I don't think I have hardly any, any extra slack. Like, well, I, I think heading, like I did a really good job on yeah, just yeah. being honest. And, and that's a lot longer than I would even think it takes. Yeah. Well, unless your horse just ducks out of the arena. Like if your horse is just cutting you out right there, it, it would probably happen faster. But it's still going to go 15 feet. You know what I mean? It's not going to be. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a distance more than you would think yeah. for sure. And it's really cool to be able to watch this angle. And then when you got a fence in the background, you know, professionally set posts that you know are exactly 10 feet. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think going off how the runs feel is a valid feedback a lot of times versus just strictly how it looks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot of people that watch the NFR that can really rope. Yeah. After they've watched that and they're like, man, these guys miss a lot of steers. Well, even when I'm out back, like I'll just get done running one and then get to the top of the alleyway and then they have a TV back there and you're sitting there watching. You're like, every steer is loping. Like what is going on? I drew the only runner in the herd, you know? Yeah. But then it, it goes back to angles and everything. And then I, I think with, how clear the cameras are nowadays, it, it makes things look quite a bit slower and easier than. Well, and I, and I think too, like to be very successful roping, you got to be able to slow it down. Mm -hmm. Like, it, you know, you're talking about that when we were roping today is just getting ahead of the run and being able to slow it down. And I think that's what guys do really well now is they can slow it down by riding their horse a certain way, swinging the rope a certain way. And they, they see things so, so fast. And, and I think that's what the camera shows too that we don't realize is these guys have a, a really unique ability to to slow it down. I mean, I think you're one of the, the best examples of it because you you are one of the guys that throw so fast, you know. Well, I think it's in any sport you'll hear, you know, any of the NFL guys or basketball or any of that, that when the game slows down in your mind, you know, that's when you can start performing at a higher level because you're almost seeing it in slow motion. So, you know, if you watch it and it looks like, man, that steer's hitting a 1,000 miles an hour. But then when you're roping him, you're like, man, it, it didn't feel that hard. I think that's when you know you're kind of onto something. Yeah, and, and I think this is similar to it. You know, this is a steer that he he does uh, kind of ducks his head and then gives you a – bites it and then gives you like a little half hop in the turn. So, you know, Dustin, uh, I know that you kind of – you and Jake had kind of talked about this one a little bit. What, I mean, what do you – what goes into this getting ahead of a steer like this? Well, I think it's <sighs> – rope speed is a is a funny thing so you want to have pace on your on your swing but you don't want to be swinging for no reason so you know this steer right here oh he's gonna look real slow now that you're going slow motion but so like he's not a slow steer so he's he's hitting the ground at a decent pace going down the arena so i've got to have a decent amount of speed on my rope but i don't want to be swinging you know, three times for every hop he's taken. I don't want to be swinging it like a helicopter, but I do want to have enough speed on my rope that it allows me to be ahead of his hop. So, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing that we've always talked about is maybe you're going to swing, you know, one and a half swings or two swings per hop, and that allows you to be ahead. And if you're thinking of it as, you know, if you're doing the 
what's the jump rope deal the double scotch or whatever double double dutch double dutch double yeah. dutch yeah, yeah. not that i ever jump rope. yeah but yeah, yeah you, you came up it. with that pretty easy yeah but you know when you're trying to time getting in there you know it's kind of the same thing with the healing like you're not you're not going jump for jump because then you're going to be behind you're reacting to the cow you've got to be swinging to where you're ahead of the cow and probably one of the greatest things so if you're going to slow it down so if you go just a tiny bit more okay so well this is going to be a bad example but if you're watching video at the height of the steer's jump your swing should be you know over on the left side of the cow probably at a 45 degree angle from you know if straight up and down was you know 90 degrees you know probably a 45 degree angle off to the left and that means you're ahead of the cow you're ahead of the hop so like a steer like this so i've I've got him red to where, you know, honestly, it feels like the way he's shaping up that he's just going to hit and take a big old nice clean open hop. That's what I've read to happen. Now, when he hits, he kind of tucks his legs. Like instead of opening up, he kind of he kind of gets stiff legged and kind of hides him up in his belly just a little bit. But that's back to where we're going to trust our loop. I've got my tip pointed at my target. I'm ahead of the cow. And so even though he doesn't give me a, a picture perfect hop right there, if I take my loop all the way to the right hawk and I, I allow that just that tiny bit of hesitation because throwing fast, you're you're throwing more on what you think's fixing to happen versus what's actually happening at the moment. You're you're anticipating a little bit. So it's like you're trying to steal the ball in basketball. You can't wait for the pass to get, you know two foot from the guy and then try to steal it. Like you got to kind of, as the guy's fixing a pass, you got to kind of jump in the passing lane and anticipate it. Throwing fast is the same thing. Like I'm reading everything in the corner right here that this steer's doing. And I'm, I'm basically anticipating where he's fixing to hit. Now, when he hits right here, he doesn't hit as clean as I would have thought. So you'll see me when I throw, I'm a little bit more patient with my loop. I let it work just a little bit more. And so it allows me to pull off a shot that, you know, you can't throw there in reactionary mode. You have to be ahead of the cow. You have to be looking for that throw. And so I think that's maybe the biggest thing is it goes down, it goes to patience of putting yourself in the right spot and then trusting your loop. And then there's going to be certain times where that steer hits like a sack of crap, you know, or, or something weird happens and I end up missing him. Well, I can't beat myself up too much because I'm having to react to what I think's fixing to happen. I can't wait to see it happen and then react to it because then it's, it's going to be too late. What about your swing? Because I, I think a lot of that um, that creates that is a, a great swing, right? Like a swing that you can kind of come right out of it. Because I, I think when I watch this run, like he he lowers his head when the head rope before the the head rope's coming. I, this steer usually lowers his head, and right there he kind of like throws it down. And that's when he's going to start kind of fighting it. But when you like watch your swing, it's like right there. I mean, he's kind of at the, that's where he would be. His feet just don't come very high off the ground, but that's where he's like kicking back. Like that's mm -hmm. at the kind of almost the top of his, his stride or whatever you'd call it. And your, your swing's breaking over and it's right there. It's broke over. And then it's kind of that same thing. It's getting ready to break over as he's kind of coming up. And I, and I think that a lot of that, goes to a good swing, right? Or what do you think has to happen to allow a swing to to be able to kind of heal him out in front of you a little bit, probably to the right, more than you were anticipating that to happen? 
So what it kind of allows that, you know, cause that's, that's a lot of talent or not, I don't even know at this point it's talent with you. It's, it's a lot of work ethic and it's a, a great, a great swing, right? Um, kind of allows that too. Well, I think the, the fundamentals of it. So if you go back to my, my tip is always pointed at my target. So when I'm going down the arena, the target is over to the left. So my swing's going to be pointed over to the left. So at any point that I want to throw, my rope should be pointed at what I'm wanting to throw it at. If I'm swinging, if my, if my tip's real high or if I'm swinging real flat going down the arena, well, then I'm not really ready to throw <clears throat> unless I'm going to just kind of set it out there and let him try to swing into it. But if I want to be able to pull off shots like that, then my tip has to always be pointed at my target. So when we're going down the arena, it's pointed over the left. As that steer starts to cross, my, my swing's going to naturally level just a little bit from left to right, but it's always going to be pointed down at his feet. So then at any point, all I have to do is, is let go of my rope, essentially, because it's already pointed there. So then all I've got to do, instead of swinging it on back around my head, I just take it down onto the target and let go of it. So you're, you're essentially just a little half move away from throwing at any point that you want to. Right. And the other thing too, like right here, your, your shoulders don't get too tur far turned to the left, even though your target is off to the left, mm -hmm. you know, just that, that little bit of an angle, like we've, we talked earlier, but I think that's really important is you don't get, you can get trapped pointing your rope at your target. If you turn too much in the saddle going down the arena. Right. And like right there, I think it's that that's kind of the perfect balance between pointing your rope and turning towards the steer going down the arena, but not so much when you get into the turn that you can't still deliver your rope on the, on the correct side of your horse. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, ideally I want my shoulders tipped over there a little bit um, because then it feels like it feels like I'm ahead of it and I'm, and I'm ready to, to set it down at any time. But if I get too square with my horse going down the arena, then I'm having to let the steer dictate what I'm going to throw. I'm having to let the steer come all the way in front of me to make me throw. If I've got my shoulders tipped just a little bit, I mean, it's not a ton, but just a little bit to the left, then it makes me, it gives me the sensation that I'm ahead of him just a little bit. You can see where my shoulders are just, just a tiny bit tipped in there. I mean, I'm not completely square to him or nothing, but I'm not completely square with my horse either. Yeah. So uh, Pace gets it lined up for us, Jake, talk to us about the scenario, uh, before you guys rode in there, <clears throat> you'd been pretty aggressive at this point in the practice session. This is kind of right towards the end. You guys had made several really good aggressive runs in a row. What we, I kind of put you guys on the spot said, Hey, high teamer, you got to be 10 flat or under on a pretty realistic steer for a jackpot. Kind of mm -hmm. the same, what you were roping earlier today. What goes through your mind? Um, talk to us about your position, all that kind of stuff. Does any of that change or do you try to keep everything the same mentally and with your position and everything else or, or how do you go about that scenario? Well, so like you said, so we've been being pretty aggressive. So especially at the open level to get into a position where you might potentially have to run one to be 10 in the short round, you've probably been pretty aggressive all day. So there's, kind of two ways to look at it. Some guys will say, man, I'm, I've been aggressive all day. I'm going to be aggressive on this one. You know, live by the sword, die by the sword. It's not necessarily a terrible way to look at it, but it, it does limit your options and it does, you know, it's going to cost you money along the way in some situations because you're not going to make every three that you take. Um, so for me, if, if I relate it back to golf, the only way that we can, as a healer, the only way that I can change clubs 
if if you're on the tee box and it's a tight fairway and you want to maybe hit less clubs so you, so you got a little more control of it, well, you can just grab a different club. Well, the only way that I can change clubs as a healer is is to change my position. So on this steer here, I just told myself to make sure that I'm not going to let my horse's head go above that tail that we talked about. And so then from that point, I'm going to ride the corner as correct as I can. And when the steer gives me a healable hop, then I'm going to take that shot. It doesn't matter if I have to be 15 or 20 or six flat. Whenever the steer's healable, whenever I see a shot that I know I can rope two feet on, I'm going to take that shot. So you'll see me going down the arena and I'm, and that horse again is pretty high power and he don't want to necessarily let me hang him back, you know, especially cause I've been being really aggressive on him. So you'll see me kind of fighting for the position here to like, not let myself get too high. I keep my, my power on my swing coming all the way around the corner. And then when I get in a good spot and that steer takes a good clean hop, I'm in time to, to heal him. So you'll see him going down the arena, especially on this angle. You know, again, this horse is not a real big fan of me not letting him get up there. But where I would, was letting my horse go on up there, now I'm fighting him back and I'm going, no, we're not going to get that high. I'm not going to limit my options here. I'm going to have options of tracking him or throwing fast if I want to. So... Pace, you did a really good job of setting him up. I was patient through the corner, kept my power and my swing, my tips pointed down. And that's in a complete rhythm of the run. There's nothing that was, you know, even though I, I healed him, you know, second or third hop, there was no risk taken there. So it's not necessarily, so I, I think the biggest misconception is, you know, guys look at, they look at two things. They look at the result. Everybody's really result oriented. So just because I rope two feet there, it's the smartest thing in the world, right? And if I rope a leg, then people are like, oh, what are you doing? So that's why I like to go back to when the steer's healable, I'm going to heal him. And I'm not going to overthink it, and I'm not going to try to change everything that I've been doing. If anything, all I'm going to do is pull my position back just a little bit more. That's the only thing I change the whole day. And then I'm going to keep my power, keep my aggressiveness, keep looking for the shot. And just because you heal the steer decently fast in the short round doesn't mean that it's like, oh man, you were taking a big chance. Like I set that shot up really, really well. And so I'm able to go ahead and heal him second, third hop. If I were to set it up wrong, or if that steer would have ran around the corner and made it harder, I would have healed him halfway across the arena. And it still would have been just as smart a shot, just as good a shot. But it's because that's when the steer allowed me to heal him. And so I don't think guys need to get caught up in, you know, the result or you, you have a game plan of how you want to attack it. Being double-minded is one of the biggest things that'll kill you. If you back in there thinking, man, I'm just going to catch, and then all of a sudden you see a throw that's faster, and maybe your instincts tell you to take it where you're going to end up missing because you weren't ready to take it, and vice versa. If you tell yourself, I'm going to be really aggressive right here, and I'm just I'm not going to back off. I'm going to heal aggressive like I have all day. Well, if Esther fights it, or maybe your header's thinking something different, and now you're running over yourself, and you're throwing because you made up your mind in the box you were going to throw fast. To me, you have to just respect the cow, trust the process of the run, be aware of where your position is and then just healing whenever he's healable. And that's another thing too, like you're talking about your horse wasn't a big fan of you backing him off going down the arena, but you didn't give in to him wanting to get in there like, oh, well, it didn't go perfect. So I'm just going to abandon ship and throw fast like I had because it might have felt just a tick easier on that horse on that particular run. Like you didn't give in to that and you made him stay back and come around there and it still worked out. I mean, perfect, obviously. Yeah, and, and and honestly, that's what gave that, you know, that horse is, like I said, he wants to get to the spot and stop. Well, 
by me giving him more room to move, where he's unforgiving is if I let him get too high on the cow. If I'm too high on that cow, he's probably going to turn. I'm going to be thinking one more swing. He's going to stop, and I'm liable to set it right beside him. And so then I've missed I call. By me controlling my position and controlling where I'm at going down the arena, now I've manufactured my own momentum into the run by him wanting to get to that spot because I've kept him back here. So he's driving to get to that spot. I've got power on my rope. Whenever he gets to that spot, he wants to stop. I'm in time and I'm in a good spot anyway. So even though that's maybe a flaw of that horse by me putting him in a good spot, it still made my job really easy. And that's how you get by him. That's how I've been roping on him at the jackpots. But you know, for him to step up and be a big time horse, he's going to have to be more forgiving and be able to be in a bad spot and keep his feet moving. Well, and I think at the end of the day, rhythm is probably the one of the keys to winning and how to keep rhythm into a run where you can still control the time, right? Like the variables. And and I think all you're doing with uh, pulling them back or a little bit is you're just creating a corner that you can ride to and then set it up. But I think a lot of people where they do get in trouble is when they get there, they keep swinging and that messes up the timing with the header and the face and they might lose legs. And there's a lot of little things that go in there and I just don't think you can hesitate. You know, you just got to stay within the rhythm. And then it just comes back to, like you said, that change, if you're going to change a club to a more conservative shot, that it's just how you wrote the turn. But when you get there, you still got to pull the trigger. Well, and, and I think, right, is that, does that sound correct? Yeah, I think I, you know, going back to the everybody being result-oriented, I think people are so scared to mess up. So, you know, Michael Jordan, I don't know what the numbers are, but, I mean, he missed a incredible number of game-winning shots, but he never shied away from the moment. He never didn't want the ball. So the biggest thing about roping is, yeah, sometimes you're going to miss high call. Sometimes you're going to mess up in the short round. Sometimes you're going to mess up in the fourth round. The biggest thing to me about roping is you've got to continue to put yourself in the position to be the winner, to be you want the ball, you know, when it comes down to game time. You want to be in those high-pressure situations because that means you're roping good. And then that's going to build confidence. And then, yeah, sometimes it's not going to go your way. But if you continue to put yourself in that position, it's going to go your way more than it's not going to. So you've got to focus on, you know, the times that you did execute. And then if you didn't, kind of going back to the whole, you know, missing one in the practice pin, you know, you have to look at everything realistically. There's, I'm probably guilty of being a little bit too hard on myself. I don't really care if you flip the cow over or yank him over the fence. Like, I feel like it's my job to rope two feet. So that's been a good thing in a certain sense of it's, it's kept me driving and, and I work really hard at what I do. But then there's also a realistic way of looking at it. And if you jerk the steer over the fence and you do such a bad job of handling him that it's like, man, that's a really, really hard cow to heal. You need to be able to realistically look at that. And not that you're making excuses for yourself, but you know, like, man, that was a really tough spot. I could have done this or that different. That would have made it a little bit easier, but ultimately that was a really tough job. Maybe I did an okay job and it just wasn't good enough to get by that cow. And so there's, there's excuses and then there's realistic way of looking at it. But ultimately you can't be afraid of messing up high call. You can't because you want to be in that spot. You want to be the last team to run the cow. You don't want to be the guy that's like, and I'd rather be fifth call and just kind of rope and no one's paying attention. And then if I sneak in there and win third, that's great. Uh, you don't, you want to have the confidence and, and be able to, you know, feel like you want to be in those positions. Absolutely. And and then on top of it, you get a, 
you can live with that, right? You know, when you do catch them, when you do miss them, you can kind of understand like, hey, I, I at least I played it to my game plan and, and stuck with within what I do. And and that keeps it in your control. And I think that just leads to to like being able to understand that. Because I, I think that was a shot that was real similar to like a, a BFI or something like you've, you've had, you know, where it was mm -hmm. kind of go knock them down and you guys were still on seven or something like that. But it was a real similar like just wrote a concert, you know, a little more conservative corner, but still healed him pretty fast. And boom, you know, the win, win one of the bigger ropings of the, the whole year. Well, I think the big thing is just because it doesn't work out doesn't necessarily mean it was a bad game plan. So if, if my plan is to be a little more conservative, well, if I'm a little too slow, I can't be mad at myself or like, I can be mad at myself for making a bad game plan. But if, if you have a game plan and you execute that game plan and it doesn't win or it's not good enough, or mistakes happen, like you can't necessarily be mad, you know, at yourself for that. You can be mad at a bad game plan, but as long as you're executing it, then ultimately you're doing what you tried to do. You know, if I tell myself I'm going to go to the jackpot all day and I'm going to heal every steer fourth hop because I think that'll be good enough and I'll, I'll be happy going home, well, then all of a sudden you don't win nothing. You can't go home mad if you did what you wanted to do. You can reevaluate it for the next open, but you can't be mad you know, just because the game plan wasn't necessarily correct. If you're executing what it is that you're wanting to do. Right. Jake, I appreciate you coming on here. I know, um, I know we got a lot of runs and this was pretty cool to to do. I know it's kind of an experiment. It's kind of been touch and go a little bit, but it's, it's pretty fun when we can do that. And then, then on top of it, the runs are, are all, you know, pretty fresh. So it's like, we just, we just practiced a couple hours ago and then mm -hmm. kind of go through it and, and kind of see them. So thanks again. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun.